start? I guess so. Yeah. All right. So I guess we start. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Uh, doing pretty good. <laughs> All right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just, just okay. Congratulations. All of our lives are actually pretty nice. We wow. don't have much to complain about. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's the end of the show, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> that was lovely. But, yeah, this is going to be the first real episode of the podcast because I figured out how to do all the editing, and we're gonna, I'm going to make the jingle using my, uh, my keyboard I've got here with me. And uh, we're going to figure stuff out. It's going to be all professional, and this is going to be the real first episode. Sponsored so. by Corsair. Who's Corsair? You see, that's how we don't get. The, that's how we don't get them. Corsair. I, I don't think Corsair would ever sponsor us. There's like no reason to. Corsair. There's a, there's there's always a chance, Gareth. Yeah. Hey, Corsair. If you if you are willing to sponsor us, I am willing to read up to three Wikipedia pages to to make a well informed advertisement for you. Podcasts are built on hope. On yeah. Radical. Anyway, I I think that we should start with some some corrections and follow up from the zeroth podcast because you always start your first podcast with stuff about the last podcast. Okay. That never wink happened. What? Wink. <laughs> Dude, how, how do you have an audible wink? The first one is I have very loud eyelids. It's no, Matt. The first one's up. Like people can see it. It's just, that's like the teaser. That's like the pilot. It's like the first episode of Spongebob is not the one where he gets the job. The that one. means we'll never show it ever again. No, they showed that, didn't they? They had to have. Because they haven't I mean, recorded probably, on the DVR. Probably not. Well, no, maybe. I've seen I mean, it not that many times. times. I, remember, I remember when uh, a regular show came out, wanted. and I watched, I watched the pilot for it, and I never watched it again. Because they never played it again. Radical. What was the pilot? Well, to be fair, they constant. It was the power. Was this the one with well, the keyboard? keyboard? Yes. I have seen the one with the keyboard multiple times. I think. I think you just missed it. They wind up with an ever-expanding library of episodes to play. There's no need to go back to the pilot. Mm. I, mean, I love regular pilot. Yes, but also no. I mean, you got to show the pilot. The plans are pretty cool. Uh, shut up, I'm too tired for this. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Follow up on the last episode. So, Matt, you discovered something very important about organization yes. that we never addressed. My mother, being a doctor, has it's informed me. She she actually went to medical school, so yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you need absurdly healthy kidneys in order to donate. I don't, I don't have like the numbers and medical terms in front of me, but I feel like it wouldn't really make a difference in the discussion if I had. But suffice it to say, it's it's not very common to be able to just donate a kidney. Like so, four point seven star kidney. It's, <laughs> Do you, need, you, need a, you need a 4.0 kidney. It needs to be an excellent yeah. condition, not poor condition. <laughs> Free shipping. So if you said, uh, if 
Oh, so my my plans to donate a kidney are pretty much shot. Maybe I don't know. No, I haven't had I haven't had my kidneys tested yet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you had to give us a number, what percentage of people can donate kidneys? Give me give me a number. Oh God! Do you not do you not even no. have like a ballpark? Like, do, is it one in one hundred no. or one no. ten? Do you have any? I, I did not go to medical school. I have only been informed that it is rather uncommon. Right? I'm not in medical school. I have no. Wait. Anything I say will be wild conjecture, mm. and then we'll have to do follow up on that. So hey, no. Hey, you know what? More We're not issuing more. corrections for our corrections. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really affect the 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 content of our previous discussion, so I don't think it's that important. But yeah. I think it is worth noting. It's also noting that the... Remember how we talked about the mouse and the ear? The ear mouse? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yes. That mouse is called the Vacanti mouse. And it's called the Vacanti mouse. the guy who made it. Yeah, because there was only one. That's not a thing that we ever actually did. It was just a proof of concept. So. Well, it, yeah, the guy, his name was Vacanti, and he was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Just, okay, <laughs> I wonder if I can grow an ear on a mouse... Why did you think of that? <laughs> now watch me work my gene magic. Mm. Yeah, I'm not even sure if that... Well, I mean, it wasn't even gene magic. Like, why did it, it sort of was. There's several, like, different things. It, w- it was a type of mouse that, that w- wouldn't, like, react to it badly because it had a compromised immune system. But, like, other than that, it was just a normal mouse. So, I mean, what was the point, really? I don't get it. Just, just to prove he could? Uh, yeah, that's what science is, dude. Radical. <laughs> I mean, that's, not the, that's not all that science is. Technically, what, is it, what else is it? It's more trying to prove you can't. It's about money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go on, say I'm yeah. wrong. You, Come on. You capitalist wrong. swine. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, uh, so... Tesla's rolling in his grave right now. No, he doesn't matter. Edison made all those things. Shut up. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna. I'm gonna die right now. So. And I'm gonna need one of those organs. <laughs> uh, too bad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like. It's it's not like. <laughs> so, Matt and Max, you guys just saw the baby face driver. Baby driver. Yes. Well, baby face driver. Kind of he is kind of baby face. Like he, is, he has a handsomeness about him, but he is a baby face. That's why bit. he's called the baby driver, is it not? No. I think it's called baby driver because of the Simon Garfunkel song, Baby, baby driver, driver, which they play during the end credits. Spoilers. That's <laughs> not <laughs> spoilers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so guys, give me, give me the spoiler-free rundown. Vroom. <laughs> There's more to it than that. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why do you have so many iPods? <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> I'm feeling wow. pink and sparkly right now. <laughs> the credits. <laughs> my man. <laughs> you guys going to, like, give me a real thing? Or are you we can gonna try. Give- you're just going to give me, like, a Mountain Blade Warband description. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Random words. 
Give me a real description. I need names. I need the type so, of cars he drove and the years. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> there were so many. There's so many cars. It occurs there's, to me. There's literally, literally Larson. They went on on like like th- like robbery robberies. Heist. They, they yeah whatever. They they drove in a car oh, to get there. Then they down. drove that car around and then they switched cars multiple times through the robberies like three times so there is so many cars <laughs> even like towards the ending alone like the ma- uh, the main character goes through like four cars <laughs> uh, in, in the big final boss battle <laughs> a boss battle yeah pretty much there's always a boss battle he confronts his mortal enemy so uh so basically it's about this this guy who like is the you know getaway car driver for these heists of this cr- these criminals, but like he's in he's indebted to one, and so he has to keep driving for him until he pays off his debt. He meets a girl, and then the you know the complicated back or criminal background is getting in the way of his love, and yada yada. It just goes from there, if, if I may. Yes, baby, played by Ansel Elgort is a tinnitus-stricken getaway driver who is being roped into a series of heists by criminal mastermind Doc, played by Kevin Spacey. He has has to keep going on heists and being the getaway driver so that he can square away his debt with Kevin Spacey. But eventually, Kevin Spacey gets a little too attached, and that is where the main conflict comes in. It is full of... Incredibly clever details, a lively and genre-filled soundtrack, and probably a, a scrapyard full of destroyed cars. You ever heard of Egyptian reggae? <laughs> <laughs> so, because we've got your Egyptian reggae. Hold on. Okay, so I want to try something. Okay, I, I have uh-huh. in front of me the list of cars in Baby Driver. I don't think it's the whole oh, list because I think this predates the. The movie itself. Mm-hmm. But from this list, I'm going to try to guess the tone of the movie. <laughs> okay. Like, like some, Go for some, it. Some general things about the setting. So on this list, I see there's like an 80s Chevy Capri sedan. Like, you know, the sort of big, like, gangster thing. Yes. And I'm thinking, and I'm also seeing a 2006, like, bright red WRX. And assuming that this movie takes place in the present, given these some of these cars are fairly new, that strikes me as sort of like not organized crime sort of mob, like like grittier, mm-hmm. more small scale criminal organization, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is honestly kind of funny. <laughs> You can tell a lot about a person by the car they drive, man. Once you get old enough to to buy your own car and not have to buy just the cheapest thing on the market, your car says a lot about you. This is reminding me of Forrest Gump. You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at their shoes. Oh, yeah. Where they're going. Where they've been. Where they've been. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're telling details. You can tell a lot about a person by their glasses, too. I wear contacts. Shut up. I'm just not that into cars, so I wouldn't know as much. 
I don't blame you. I we should probably mention I'm a big car fan. I don't well, talk about we're it a also, lot, but whenever I see anything, you can bet I'm looking at the cars. We're also not that into shoes or boxes of chocolates. Mm. <laughs> we're not. I mean, speak for yourself, <laughs> man. <laughs> you, Matt, Matt, you present me with a box of chocolate. I will have some strong words for you about it, especially if it's coconut. Like, mm. if there's coconut, yeah, we're gonna have a problem. We'll, we'll have to wait till Valentine's Day. Oh, wrong coke. Boxes of chocolate. That's like months away, though. Why do I have to wait? Yes. Or we could just go backwards. It's closer that way. Just go to the freaking store. And He's not wrong. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. You just unpack groceries. Like, come on, dude. Shut up. We aren't supposed to talk about that. Don't let them know that I've had to edit this first bit to hell and back just to make it presentable. Don't. don't. Why is it unpresentable? I'm watching the wake on the have to like change. <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about this new thing I just found out. About Why'd you find out? Dolby Audio. So. Uh, oh, great. Yes. Awesome. Dolby. Yeah, because I just bought a new headset. It's it's uh, what is it called? It's the it's the HyperX Cloud Core. It's it's pretty good. It's a good budget headset, but it didn't sound right at first. It sounded really unfiltered. And so I was mm-hmm. on my laptop for voice to change it, and I came across Dolby Audio and its presets, and it's Wait. so good. Is it um? Is it just like regular Dolby, or do you have Atmos? I don't think I have Atmos. I think it's just regular Dolby. Oh, okay, because like Atmos, super, super new. Yeah. So, I mean, for like headphones and stuff. Yeah, I don't have that. I I just have the regular audio. But the regular audio is so good because it's got different awesome. presets for movie, music, game, and voice. And the music one just makes everything sound amazing. And it's got its own equalizer, and it's just so good. And I totally recommend you guys look at it if it's on your mm-hmm. machines. Are you going to Are you going to keep the music setting up while you're doing your getaways from all your heists? I have not turned the music setting off since I found it. It's it's on music right now. Even Turn it up. <laughs> it just makes everything sound so good. I couldn't. I, I don't know what it does. It must do something with the equalizer, but it just sounds so good all the time. It's amazing. It's my I new really best friend. Like flat. I'm, I'm the weirdo that likes flat EQ. Ew. Uh, flat. Yeah. I, I, it's all your audiophiles out there. I use the SE215s. Cheapest of the audiophile grade. <laughs> Gareth, I fear we may be putting Matt next. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, not, uh, not what are we talking more. about? Uh, let's. What do, you, what do you guys say we move on to the topic? For right. before we all just pass out, because I'm hmm? I'm really tired too, actually. So uh, our topic is the draft. Or the, the yes. draft conscription, and it's. It's something we mentioned in the last podcast, Podcast Zero, and uh, I believe Matt wanted to talk about it this time, but so we're going to. Yeah, I, I think we all sort I think it just sort of grew naturally out of the last conversation. I had no, yeah. like, necessarily strong feelings one way or the other, although I do have strong feelings about the draft. Okay, do you, do you want to do you wanna go first on the draft? Um... <laughs> well, I went. I went first last time, so All right. somebody else. You want me to go first? Right. Sure. Shoot. All right. So, 
I hate the draft. I think it's it's no good. I think it is a product of a previous time. It might have been useful back in the day, back maybe in, I don't know, back when the country first started during the 1800s. Oh, we would need big militaries to fight other big militaries, especially of, people, of countries that were bigger than us. Uh, but now, um, no. May, may I? No. This is, <laughs> no. This is my uninterrupted statement. And I, if you're going to bring okay. up, if you're going to bring up World War One and World War Two, you could probably make the argument that we needed all the soldiers we could for that one. But uh, okay, the most well, dur- during my thing. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. But. I I don't like the draft for quite a number of reasons. First of all, it I don't know I don't have any evidence to back this up, but I'm really betting that it hurts the economy to just draft every every man, every adult male, just send them off to war. That probably really hurts a lot of businesses. Probably leaves a lot of businesses like without anybody to work them. There's also the fact that it's what. It being only men is really arbitrary and kind of sexist in both directions. And also the fact that we don't need a draft anymore. There, there will never be a situation where we need a draft because it, because we have so much capability in remote warfare with drones and stuff now. I don't... Aliens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, that's... That's pretty much all I got. I got other stuff, but I think we'll save it for discussion. So, uh, Matt, you sound like you have something to say. Yeah. Yeah. The the Selective Service System was first formed in 1917. Yes, I I know. (laughs) I read the Wikipedia page today. And also, it's not all adult males as adult males, 18 to 25. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. I, I I didn't phrase that well. I'm sorry. But, so my points still stand. I think. So good. I my personally, my feelings are pretty similar to yours, Larson. I, but I have more mixed feelings because while I I deeply disapprove of the the draft sort of on principle, I don't think you should be made to march off to war to, to risk your life for others. Uh, like, I, I think it's a noble thing to do, and God love those who do, but I don't think anyone should be made to do so. But on top of that, I recognize that there are feasibly times where you need to draft I'm against abuse of the draft, like in uh, Vietnam, which was a pointless war that threw away a lot of lives rather pointlessly. <laughs> okay. Bottom, the bottom line for me is I think I would I would make it harder to use the selective service. I, I think we should include women. But I I think that the it, it's theoretically authorized to be used in the event of a crisis. I think we should narrow that definition. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Who wants to go next? 
Actually, Gareth, I, I, I get the impression that you two don't feel as strongly about this as Matt and I do. Uh, I got stuff to say. But. All right. Yeah, I got some stuff to say, too. All right, Max. Max, do you want to go first? You're next. Sure. So, I have no problem with the draft, or at least the like an idea of a draft. I'm not greatly familiar with how the U.S. uses its draft currently. I mean, most likely because we don't really use it currently, but... Um, I mean, I have nothing wrong with the draft because it's what, like Matt was saying, like it's it's for cri- it's more for crises now in America. I mean, it, it could there could be feasibly something that could happen, like Vietnam, where you know if they're tr- just trying to draft people to get more people to go off to fight in somewhere else doing nothing, then there could be a problem with it. But I mean, if it's Use just to protect, like, I think the best way to use it, like, America to use it would be just to protect, you know, America itself. Like, if there was an actual threat that was, you know, threatening the safety of the homeland, then I could, I would see why a draft could be necessary to do that. Um, because I think it's just a part of the social contract of, of people living in society that, you know, if you want to live in a society, you have to pitch in to help it. Um, I mean, and it just kind of makes sense in my mind, you know, if people are threatening to kill you, why would you not want to go and try to, like, you know, stop them from killing you and then other people? You know, that's just how I think. But uh, I, I, I also agree. I don't know why women are not in the draft. It, it doesn't make sense to me in this day and age, but, you know, whatever. Uh but other than that, I, I think that's about it. I, I, I guess I would agree with Matt in saying that it, it should be there should be more specific guidelines uh, to how the draft is used. I, I mean, I favor you know only using the draft if there's like a sizable threat marching into America or something like that. That's about it for me. All right. Uh, I guess that just leaves Gareth. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't really um, like the draft at all. Uh, to be honest, I mean, um, to me, I don't think that there's really. I think it's way too hard for other countries to quote unquote invade, especially because recently most wars with like more, um, one of the more bigger countries and such is more about influence rather than land. So rather than use people and like take control of people to fight wars, I think it should be more like production and more economic so i think you should be able to start taking more over um i don't know like industries and stuff a certain amount of that because that's usually how we start off fighting wars and then we get pulled into them sort of or whatnot uh, you know we haven't like really declared war since blah blah anyway um if there were a draft, I do believe women should be in it because if it got to that point, then I believe, you know, what if we were attacked by aliens? Something like we actually got invaded. Um, <laughs> like that. So to me, that's like the only way we could. Um, we put so much money into our military. I don't understand how another country would just like, what, are they going to like put a bunch of boats and planes? Foot soldiers would be way too hard. At at the point of the draft, if we were doing it overseas, we're basically just throwing bodies at them. Why not throw money instead and not waste a life? Yeah. Right, is that is that all you gotta say? 
Uh, yeah, uh, for the statement. I have a little bit more, too, for the discussion, but All right. carry on. All right, cool. As far as them throwing boats goes, that won't end well for anyone else because the U.S. Navy <laughs> is more powerful <laughs> than every other Navy on the planet put together. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. just in fleet capacity, but the actual strength of each ship just dwarfs everybody else. Yeah. I think we're supposed in the next 20 years, we're supposed to um, renew our air carriers, which we still have more than everyone. They're mm-hmm. all powered by nuclear. They're all nuclear powered. <laughs> yeah. The U.S. Navy has 10 Nimitz-class aircraft carriers, which all travel with Nimitz battle groups, and they could, they could probably level a lot of countries. <laughs> like, just on their own, like... Bomb them from the coast. <laughs> Russia's aircraft carrier runs on fossil fuels. We can have an aircraft carrier in the freaking ocean for like a month without having to resupply. We have ten of them. This is probably a good place to to start because I think I think the the scale of our military is a good argument against the draft because our military is pretty big. I don't really see a reason we would ever need more people in the military. We've got a lot of people in the military already. Larson, only a Sith deals in absolute. <laughs> <laughs> then why are you arguing for the draft? Well, you're saying that we'll never, ever need the draft, ever. But that's not necessarily guaranteed. I, I don't know, you- man. It seems pretty unlikely. Like, what, outside of Garrett's alien invasion? Which, yeah, I'm just saying. Which I don't think our draft would help much against anyway. Well, technically, the I'd say one of the biggest enemies that America could face would be itself. What you want? You mean like a civil war? Civil war? I mean, I mean, it's possible. What is the is the navy uh, gonna fight the army? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we just at this point. War. Civil civil war isn't really an option. There isn't any state or any combination of states whose national guard could stand up to the combined might of the federal government. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, listen up, Florida, when you try to become an independent. Well, I, I mean, Texas is the most likely. I think there's there's Texas, a portion of California, Texas, yeah. Texas that wants to secede. I I, I didn't really necessarily mean just like states like you know attacking people, but I don't know, you know. And it it just depends. There could be things that could happen that come down to, you know, me needing the draft. Like, well, this might, I think this leads pretty well into my my next point, which is um, most, so much of our military isn't based on raw manpower. I don't feel like the draft would really do much because it's mostly about hardware. At this point, you could draft people into making the hardware. It's not a draft. It's not a draft. Yeah, you could draft people to work in factories. That's slavery. <laughs> oh, the army's not slavery? Well, actually, uh, um, mm, this, this kind of, mm, this kind of <laughs> breaks me up to Uh-oh. that. <laughs> Wait, you're, well, I don't understand. You're saying that drafting people to put them in factories is not it is slavery, but drafting them to put them in fight in an army is is not slavery. I don't. What, how do you? I didn't. I wasn't going to make that argument, but now I am going to make that argument. <laughs> oh my gosh! It it is. Now that you've said that, the draft is kind of like we can put you into slavery. 
the regular military I mean, because it's volunteer based. It's a career choice and it's a great career choice. But like forcing someone to do that, I, I think I, I think you can make an argument that that is slavery. Well, I mean that's what Matt was saying though, in like narrowing down, you know, what can qualify as starting the draft and where if it is a draft or like a drastic, like awful situation that requires the draft, you, you can make an argument that people should help whether they like want to or not personally i think as as far as that like imminent danger to the us goes the draft should be authorized when basically you're you're going to die you're probably going to die anyways well yeah like, so but that situation so we're just, so just going to make you fight that situation could never come up though unless we're actually invaded by aliens because we are the slow. Hello? Hi. Would you would you say it is, would you say that it is uh, that it is possible in the near future? Well, maybe not the near future, but in the future that you know I don't know America starts to demilitarize more. <laughs> no. I, I, well, I don't. Know I'd say that's very so. possible. Like yeah. I mean, not like completely, but like to be like a good amount. I don't know. Possible. That's not feasible. Yeah, that's that wouldn't work. No, we have I mean, a significant. We have a substantial amount of pride in our military strength, and I don't, I don't see us sacrificing that. Like I want to, because like we spend, what? How much is it like compared to the second largest spender on um, percent GDP wise? I forget. We, but it's like we we spend about half of the military budget of the like of all the money going into military budgets. About half of that is ours. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we we spend more than the next 24 countries combined, 23 of which are allies. <laughs> okay, Matt, do you have this memorized, or do you have it open in front of you? Because either one is scary. I have it memorized. Oh, my God. It's Matt. What do you expect? Oh. And besides, a whole lot of our moves with our military has been to reduce the number of troops, but to increase the skill of each troop. Which I think is good. I, yeah, I think that's good, too. The, the kinds of wars we're fighting right now aren't the kind you can just throw in, like, absurd amounts of uh, manpower. We learned that in yeah. Vietnam. That's not how yeah. you win the... That's not how you win a war against, basically, guerrilla tactics. You need more specialized training, though, who no one can know the course of events that will come. So it's it's entirely possible that a military engagement requiring a large number of soldiers, not just a small number of highly trained soldiers, will be necessary, and that's when the draft could come in handy, assuming it presents an imminent threat to the survival of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. Okay, Matt, you just said something. You said we're leaning toward more highly skilled soldiers and future wars, if they're anything like the wars before, are going to require a small number of highly trained soldiers. You also mentioned not knowing what's going to happen in the future. I'm hearing Omnic Crisis. I'm hearing Overwatch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sombra's going to hack all of us. It's going to take a few months to release. Anyway. <laughs> She's going to hack the selective service system. 
and that the drafts are going to be pushed through, and then Talon is going to take control of the U.S. government. <laughs> They're going to assassinate. Wintermaker's going to hold but, the perimeter. So, so can we can we all agree that? There is probably no reason for the U.S. to ever use the draft, like, at this point or, like, any point in, like, the very near future. I think under these circumstances where we have the biggest military and there aren't aliens yet, yeah, there's no reason <laughs> to use the draft. But, uh, I, but there like, are no foreseeable circumstances. Yeah, if we, if we go along with what Matt was saying about, like, you know, getting, like, like reducing the size of the military in favor of, you know, more skilled people... Um, and let's say, like, in the future, where there is a smaller military, and then, I don't know, frickin' France gets invaded for, you know, the, the another time in its history. Uh, <laughs> are we going to, like, would we then, what, what do you think about using the draft then to get people to, like, France, like, you know, if it's being massless scaled invaded by somebody, I don't know, but... Would would we like do, would that be a reasonable estimate to do that? No, because um, we no. wouldn't need to, because our military is way too big to be scared by anybody. Literally. I just said it was going to be smaller in the future. Well, no, this is this is a hypothetical. This is a hypothetical. Well, I okay. Whereas I mean, like if if France gets invaded, are we gonna rush in with into France and just start bombing things like we usually do in other things? Probably not. I don't know, man. And then we're going to need like ground troops to like you know help France out. You know, our like the, the reason uh, one of the big reasons something I'm so against like selective service is it's ineffective. When it, we used it in World War II, like barely anyone actually fired their rifles. In, like, Vietnam, we had to change those tactics, and that's why there so many of them came back messed up. It's just ineffective. We would use the money to, like, make more skilled soldiers and then put them into there. We're really pretty good at influence, but uh, throwing bodies is Russia's job. <laughs> when the... <laughs> well, I, I think, I think this, this brings up an important point, which is that all four of us would be drafted because we're all between 18 and 25. I'm 19. I messed up my career. Speak for yourself. I have a heart condition. Shut up. <laughs> I don't ever I don't ever remember signing up for the draft. You had to have signed up for the draft to get yeah, we money. Did. Yeah, you I, mean, yeah, I don't rem- I, I I never said I didn't. I just don't remember doing it. I'm sure you did. Your okay, mom good cuz I was going to say it's illegal not to. <laughs> I know. Actually, I don't know if they And didn't like- you vote? <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. Good. You're already a you're already a bad person for not donating organs, Max. You're already <laughs> not. <laughs> but like, but I'm don't, not donating, donating my organs that probably wouldn't flag. be good enough to donate. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> those like, organs. Anyway, Gareth, Max, and me, we would all be soldiers. <laughs> no, no. But we would not be good soldiers. No, I don't know. I, no, I would be a horrible soldier. Like, I like science. <laughs> yeah, I like the science. I like, think lots I of like soldiers science, like science. Therefore, I'm such a freaking nerd. I don't. First of all, none of us are physically capable enough to actually be in the military. That's what the training's for. That's what training's for. And training is training has more than just the physical and mental. So it, it it emotionally prepares you. That's that that's their job. 
But I, I don't think even after all that, part. like, I'm pretty good at handling stuff like that. Like, I'm a pretty static character in life. But I don't think they could make me shoot someone else. I don't think that they could ever get me to do that, no matter what they did. The Maybe well, for uh, Vietnam, uh, at least. These are these are you are not. You are not. And all of Skyrim <laughs> descends upon you. <laughs> all the other chickens in Hyrule come at you. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Matt? Though. Uh, oh God, I, uh, we are not the Spetsnaz. We don't make our soldiers kill chickens. <laughs> oh yeah. What? <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's a thing that they do. To like make them like not feel about killing. Yeah, it was either Spetsnaz or KGB. I think it was Spetsnaz. I can't remember. <laughs> like, I haven't watched the military channel in a while. The yeah, military like, this isn't this isn't the Jedi Order. You don't just train younglings at like two years old and kidnap them. Like, you, you could you, you could probably train a, a person to be a soldier. I don't know, man. You know, like they've done throughout all of history of mankind. Those are people who want to be soldiers. Those are people who sign up to the military. It's a voluntary service. I mean, lots of people. So, uh, well, except for uh, when it's let me just now. let me just say this: uh, like, there are people who sign up for the military because they don't really have other options. Also, who maybe don't want to be, you know, soldiers, but they need to make a living. Um, this is a little bit off topic, that's why I didn't want to, like, say, but, uh, he just, like, reminded me, like, the money-wise, because another point against the draft is, and for, like, what I was talking about, um, like, put workers, sort of a workers draft, and it's not slavery, because, um, it's supposed, (laughs) you're supposed to, like, give back after the war, but it's kind of hard, it's a lot easier to give back to you know, how much you've worked rather than a soldier, you know, because, like, mental. How do you pay back, like, mental? How do you pay back? How do you reimburse How do you pay back PTSD? Yeah. Basically is what you're saying? Yes, exactly. You give give small bird friend. I have seen the last bastion. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, I find it funny that a bird, like, probably just saves, like, hundreds of people's lives because Bastion would have just went in there and just let it rip Beyblade <laughs> style. <just. laughs> I, I'd like to bring it back to something Larson mentioned about uh, military training. Overwatch. No. <laughs> you, you said you, you can handle stuff like that. You're good at handling stuff like that. Where have you ever handled anything like military boot camp? No, I haven't handled anything like military boot camp. I just meant I'm like, I'm pretty good at at dealing with peer pressure and, like, I don't know. It's just me being contrarian, but, like, I don't know. What do I mean by this? <laughs> you can't really coerce me into doing something I don't want to do. I, that's that, that's what everyone says. <laughs> I just, I just want to get this out there. That's what everyone says. You don't. You don't know how you'll act in a specific situation until you've been in that situation. You're right. You're right. I, I don't know how I would act. I, maybe maybe I'll just completely shut down and be a great soldier. I'll mow everybody down and I'll get play of the game. But maybe I... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're talking about remember? real people, Larson. I you remember know. how, That's the, how the news... That's the point of the argument. <laughs> You well, remember yeah, how the like, well, you don't you don't kill people to, get to play the game in real life. <laughs> I, 
You know how people say that video games desensitize us to real violence? This is what they're talking about. <laughs> right yeah. here. The scariest part. I don't want to be numb to, you know, that. Yeah, I think that's part of it, too. I think I would consciously try to not become numb to it. I want to go into bio and, like, healthcare. That's, like... <laughs> you'll be numb to human flesh sooner or later, Gary. Okay, I'm Just, already numb to that. <laughs> you'll get, you'll get used to the blood. Being the cadaver. <laughs> fun. But, like, seeing someone die, it's a lot different than seeing something that's already dead or you just know is just tissue. Yeah. Jesus. Is that what people are to you, Gareth? Tissue? (laughs) Are they just big? You know, burnt flesh kind of smells like popcorn. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks for saying that, Gareth. I'll never get that (laughs) out of my head. Which flesh? Mm. Which which, which flesh smells like popcorn? Uh, I can't remember, um, you know, the certain tissue, but it was heart surgery, so just general chest area, because I, I, I want to be able to, like, tell you, like, straight up, hey, this is what it is right now, because it was a few years ago. Wouldn't it? That, that's kind of strange. Wouldn't I kind of assumed human flesh would smell like meat, not popcorn? <laughs> yeah, I did, too. Um, but, of course, uh, there was a bunch of other chemicals in the room. Oh, so maybe it was the chemicals in other I'm looking through more details about the selective service system. I'm actually noticing how there are all these different categories. And one is 1-0. And that's for conscientious objectors opposed to both combatant and non-combatant military training and service. But they fulfill their service obligations as a civilian alternative service worker. So, so theoretically, if you get called up to the draft, you can give, like, your whole conscientious objecting thing, basically notifying them that if they put you on the field, you're probably not going to shoot anybody. You'll probably be a liability because people will be relying on you when... You're not reliable in a situation because I exclusively yeah. play Hanzo. <laughs> <laughs> and so they'll just they'll just give you another thing to do. I you know, Matt, that sounds great and all. And it has occurred to me that you can probably be drafted and not end up on the front lines. But yeah, that's that's it's entirely uh, like great possibility, yes. Yeah. But if that's possible, why did so many people leave the country during Vietnam? Because it's hard. Well, as a as a man with a father who very nearly draft dodged Vietnam, I can I can shed some light on this. Right. It's like nobody likes the Vietnam War. <laughs> There's that also. <laughs> It was harder to get like con- like the valid conscientious objector status to to not be in a combat role, um, and also they they weren't going to take you there. They were going to put you in a. Okay, this is this is a story of the day my daddy got drafted. <laughs> okay, so right. dad shows up 
to the like military recruitment and processing facility, whatever the proper term is. And he had a whole bunch of other fit young men, strapping lads fit for war, <laughs> stuffed into this sort of tight room with a bunch with nine rows of chairs. Uh, well, I guess columns doesn't matter. And they all sit down. Eventually, a sergeant of some persuasion walks in, and he asks them all to stand. He then asks all the men in rows three, six, and nine to raise their hands. They do. Everyone with your hand raised, please go outside, follow the hall, third door on your left, uh, go in there, they'll sort you out. After those three rows of men, a third of the total, have shuffled off. He tells everyone to sit down, and he says something along the lines of, I'm sure you all think you're pretty unlucky, but just be glad you weren't one of those poor bastards. They're off to be Marines. Hmm. They did So the gist of what I'm saying is they weren't terribly... Uh, persnickety with who they took and what they were going to do with them when they got them. If you were in, you were just going to get, like, funneled down into one of the categories, and you didn't have much say at the time. Okay. So, you just destroyed your own argument, kind of. You know, because you just said you could just apply for, what was it, 1-0? The... That story occurred before there was a, a, a great deal of uh, reformation. Like, there were a whole separate class of categories back then. They've all been redefined now. That's back good. in, I um, like that because I back in cheating. 76. Okay, that's, that's good. I, I'm really glad that they've reformed the uh, draft because, the, you know, Vietnam. That was yeah, the thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Vietnam was terrible, and I have a lot of stuff to say on it that I'm not going to say here. Yeah, I think... Yeah, same. But I, the thing about it is there's nothing really stopping that from happening again, because I know you can sign up for your preference, but the point of the draft is we need troops. That's what the draft is for. Yeah, but yeah. troops do a lot of different things. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, I guess I, I, I kind of see your point that you could always get a non-military job. And I guess there would be more non-military jobs, but that kind of just... Especially if we're, if we're going along with the idea of we're going to be more specialized than less just people who have guns who go in, you know. And, and not just specialized, but also mechanized. And we're going to need more people on staff to deal with all of the mechanical portions, like, oh, like yeah. the, the troop transports and the tanks and the, and the helicopters and the planes, all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's assigned a function. <laughs> and the automated bipedal kill droids, once yeah. you get those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Diva Max. The DTR. Hey, I, there was a thing that um, I do want to talk about, because um, I, I don't think I've really heard this from anyone. How would, um, like, nuclear and, like, mutually assured destruction go into play with this? 
I've I've had that running in the back of my head this entire conversation. I just didn't want to bring it up. What? I'm bringing it up right now. Like nukes? Why? Well, no. I don't against. I don't know if nukes make a huge but difference. Breaths. I don't know if they do. Like, okay, how how do they make a huge difference? Enlighten me. Well, it looks like in reference to the draft? Yes. Oh. Well, to put it like this, according to whatever the law was that put the Selective Service system in place, uh, from the outset of the crisis, the Selective Service system needs to provide the military with its first batch of troops within 193 days. So, that's that time scale. Assuming a nuclear strike is launched between two different countries, how many days left do you think those countries have? Yeah, exactly. To, to exist, because it's not going to be a very long time. But Mutually assured destruction. And after... And if those countries, in some form, are still standing, how how much of a civilian population do you think they'll have to call on? Because if if a war between great powers starts today, I it, it's actually it it may or may not start with nukes. But if it doesn't start with nukes, it'll end with nukes. It'll <laughs> probably end with nukes before Gandhi. the draft gets involved. Yeah. Um, what weirds me out about nukes uh, in general is since we all, most um, the country, uh, assuming both countries have nukes, both countries are capable of, you know, wiping the other one out. So, in essence, I think the draft would sort of be like I don't know um, for show no because kind of no those types of yeah those people are just going out there and just I don't really know like they'd just be dying if they just what what does the draft even matter at that point really I mean you can also draft in the defense yeah exactly so is is this an argument for the draft or against the draft this is an argument you're arguing something completely different from the draft yeah, we're we're basically saying the draft doesn't matter anymore. Take it or leave it. Yeah, you can't, you can't use it anyway. Well, you know, except you know, the human idea that hmm, maybe we just shouldn't use nukes. Uh, Max, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really apply to a lot of other countries that want to use nukes. Well, I know I mean, there's countries that want to use nukes, nice. but those countries that want to use nukes. Are, do not really have the capabilities to use those nukes. What? What kind of... No. That's what? Okay. Everybody. North Korea can launch Let's nukes all the way to America right now? Talking about North no, Korea. they can't. No. Oh, really? They can't? Oh, who else? No. And also, I'm just going to note, we have a treaty that if uh, South Korea gets attacked, we have to attack their attackers, uh, like, it, in kind, and North Korea doesn't even need to launch a nuke into South Korea. North Korea could drive a nuke into the heart of Seoul and then set it off. And then we are treaty-bound, honor-bound, whatever you want, to nuke North Korea. So why did we make that treaty? 
We have allies. So that people didn't attack North South Korea. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. Destruction. I mean, Matt, the only still, thing that's holding people together isn't like the kindness of people's like human ish, blah, blah, blah. It's because they don't want to die too. Well, the yeah, cold, I mean, that's still the same war. idea. Uh, the Cold War is theoretically over, but global peace is essentially maintained because everyone's holding a gun to each other's heads. <laughs> well, yeah. You say, well, yeah, like... You, well, I mean, I'm, sa- I'm not saying that, like... I, I wasn't saying that, like, oh, out of the goodness of, of people's heart, they're not going to, like, nuke each other. I'm saying that pretty, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that, you know, if nukes are used... Life will end pretty quickly. This is this is the gambit at the heart of mutually assured destruction. Yeah. You yeah. know that if you use it on them, they'll use it on you. But the entire thing is propped up by a fundamental belief that the other guy will use it. You have to at least appear to be willing to use nuclear force or else it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the problem, the problem is you don't know if it's just for show or if they are actually willing to use nuclear force. And there are some people who have. There have been instances where, like, the button just came that close to being pressed. There's so many instances of that. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's more than actually. How long ago was that? That was the Cold War. Uh, oh, wow. Well. There have probably been more recent ones. There was one uh, close to the Cuban Missile Crisis. There were probably a lot close to the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, there's, there's there a, was a, a lot more mistakes than thinking. Oh, can I tell my favorite there, one of these stories? Yes, please. There was a point where um, I think it was a a Russian military base got the word that – it was incorrect, obviously – got the word that America had launched missiles at them. And they were like missiles inbound. And so the guy was supposed to, like, launch missiles in response, launch nuclear missiles in response, but he didn't on a gut feeling that the transmission was wrong. Wow. And so we didn't get obliterated. <laughs> yeah, my, literally a mistake. <laughs> my, my favorite story about, about this was when Richard Nixon, in a drunken stupor, gave the order to nuke, I think it was China. But Henry Kissinger, surprisingly the hero in this story, decided to belay that order until the president sobered up. I think we're forgetting that the people who have access to those buttons also have access to booze. (laughs) Wow, that makes me feel good. Should Richard Nixon have the only say in there, like, have an ultimate say in that? Uh, well, this, I mean, the this president. Actually, this comes down to, like, a, a, a scary hypothetical that I've, I've passed around to some people before. But to, to sort of answer your question, the, the decision has always sort of been that the nukes are this so, such absurdly powerful, game-changing weapons that the, the decision to use it should rest in the hands of the civilian government. So the, the president is the one with the nuclear football, okay. as it's the called. Nuclear football. That's, but as for the as for the hypothetical, imagine that a president, just just any president, picture Bill Pullman in Independence Day or Harrison Ford in Air Force One. 
<laughs> I am right gives, now. Gives the order to nuke a foreign country. Does it doesn't need to be Russia or China or or a other nuclear power? Fine. Uh, and he gives that order. Which is which is immediately scarier, or, or I guess in general, which is scarier: the military does it or the military doesn't. The military does it. I doesn't. I'm definitely going to say does does do it. That'd be scarier. Because because the the thing is, on one hand, it's a it's a nuclear strike, and it's very possible that the world would end right there. And also, it's scary that the president has all that power but on the contrary those are the orders given to the military and they like lawfully had ought to follow them and so what does that the military just committed a like basically all branches of the military just committed a giant mutiny you know I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna pick mutiny over genocide this time I don't know if you guys are on the same on the same side of this scene, <laughs> but I think I'm going to pick mutiny over genocide. I'm I mean, gonna, I would I'm say gonna... the I would say the moral mutiny would be better. <laughs> for, well, first moral, of all, but it does scare me that like I, our military, as in essence, is not functioning at that point. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the command structure is all over the place. One of the things that yeah. scares me the most about that is it, it brings up the question. Who really has the power to launch nukes? Like, how far up do you have to go before you find the person who's able to end the world on a whim? Not necessarily very far. It can't be, right? It can't be one person, though, I don't think, right? Like, eventually it has to be. That question just said, that question just answered that no, it doesn't have to be one person. Because you just said that the military can just refuse that one person. No, because, like, there's got to be, like, like, it's probably, like, it's not just Harry with the nuke key. And Harry's just got the nuke key in his office. And sometimes when he's feeling really down on himself, he'll take a good look at the nuke key. That's not what happens. No, Harry has a friend, Jim, who also has a nuke key, and they have yeah. to use the nuke keys at the same time. Yeah, there's probably, like, <laughs> I don't think they do people. that anymore. I, I don't think they do there's either. There's probably, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all your listeners that think it, like, like, put the key in and twist at the same time, yeah, that's all. They don't do that anymore. Yeah, I, I, like, actually. Our nuclear system is infamously outdated. It could vary. Like, a lot of it still runs on, like, 8-inch floppy disks. Back when they were actually floppy and not rigid, (laughs) we still have those that control our nuclear arsenal. Who cares? Digital files don't degrade. I I mean, I guess... That's the worry here. I guess as the the outward-looking-in... Sort of me says, if if the nukes like end up being launched, I would rather one country launch a nuke and obliterate the other without the other one launching nukes, because at least some place will survive. <laughs> yeah, this is this has always been like a, a the moral part of this. The moral decision is to never launch nukes, even if you're being nuked. Yeah. I mean, I was actually thinking about this before. What if you're on the losing end of a war, and then you decide to blue shell them? <laughs> then you're assholes. <laughs> then you blue shell the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> or, 
When you say blue I'm shell, you with me. Can you please be specific as to what you mean? You mean like you mean like you're losing a war and you're getting obliterated, so you decided to just nuke them once, just as sort of like a. <laughs> no, just just blow up the guy in first place, assuming they have enough to do that. Okay, th- this assumes many things. One of which is a war can have more than two sides, which I'm not sure I really believe. I mean, at this point in the world, well, I think one side will definitely have America on it. And actually, the America will allies. The if, America if want will be the biggest part. If you want a war with more than two sides, look at the Syrian civil war right now. That that is a war with distinctly more than two sides. Yeah, and we have more than two sides, Larson. You know how many like just chains and spider webs of allies there are. Like we, the recent thing we were talking about with um. Well, I'm sure I'm sure any side could probably blame America at some point because we'll probably have our hands in most war in the entire world. Spirit well, floods. World police, which is a job maybe we shouldn't have, but one of the problems. So we, still so I think do. every country could probably blame us for something and lunch to us. Who cares? Well, just let's let's just. I'm gonna make a note of something. There are only nine countries in the world that have nukes. Well, yeah, and we're the biggest. Yes, the five permanent the five permanent members of the Security Council: India, Pakistan. These are not the members. These are the extra four. Yeah. The India, Pakistan, Israel, and North Korea. Those are the only countries with nukes. I'm still more worried about India and Pakistan and Israel. Yeah, well, yeah, because India and Pakistan have been at each other's throats for centuries, and it's very likely that they, if if the world comes to nuclear hellfire, it's starting there. Oh my yeah. God, you could kill like like a seventh of the world's population by just I know. by just nuking one part of India. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not going to get any telemarketer phone calls anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. You could say that you could say that's stereotypical and racist, but I mean, at the bottom line, comes down to it: a seventh of the world's population is from India, so therefore, it is probably a higher chance that a telemarketer will be from India. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) It has factual support. (laughs) Why are the telemarketers from India? Because one seventh of the world lives there. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I think it's closer to one eighth now, right? Um, I don't keep up. We can check. <laughs> we have this wonderful thing called the internet. We're all sitting in front of computers, but we've all forgotten how to use them. I'm watching just the. I didn't. I kept looking up things about the selective service. I have I have the conscri- this conscription the United States page open as well. I also had the Vacanti mouse page open. <laughs> uh, I really want to meet Vacanti. If he's still alive, probably. Okay, so it's like 7.5. So I guess if you want to do, like, rounding, it's India's probably it's about one it's, it's more than a 7, because India has 1.3 billion people. Oh, wow. And it's only growing more. Yeah. China has... India has 1.31. China has 1.37. And <laughs> India's growing faster by a lot. Yeah. Wow. It, Yes, it is. They'll probably... Oh, man, they're going to overtake pretty soon, aren't they? (laughs) Yes. That's so unfathomable, those huge numbers. I can't imagine that many actual people. It's just my brain isn't built to comprehend it. That is some insane population density. Guys, I... Now that we're talking about population, I can mention that we've kind of gotten a little bit off topic here. 
Because no one has said the word draft in like 10 minutes. You just did. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So if I I can bring it back a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I'm still confused as to what the nuclear thing has to do with the draft. Because it kind of sounds like an argument against the draft and like the draft doesn't matter because of nukes. It it basically makes the draft obsolete. There are no situations where you could theoretically use the draft. Well, well I think like, then why do right we have it? Why shouldn't we just get rid of it? I th- I think the, the I think a better question is instead of saying like oh we don't need a draft or like is the, is there a reason why we shouldn't have one? Yeah, because it's well, just extra work that. Apparently doesn't matter. What? What do you mean extra? What extra work? You have to sign up for the draft. They have to maintain the draft infrastructure. I don't know what kind of machinery makes the keeps track of everybody in the draft, but there has to be some sort of infrastructure. That's how they know. And Mm -hmm. like, if we got rid of the draft, which apparently isn't necessary because of nuclear weapons, we don't have to do that. We can set spend that time and money somewhere else. Like on developing our nuclear arsenal. Good. Yeah, that's great. I would I, I, I don't think we should develop a nuclear arsenal. I think we should maintain it. I think we should uh, fix up the infrastructure around it. So do I. But, yeah, and what happens to when the other countries figure out that we are? <laughs> the, that is, that does actually have awkward uh Yeah. That does have awkward connotations. Because it's sort of like why why are you fixing that? It's it's sort of like walking in on a person like cleaning the gun. gun. Yeah. <laughs> like why are you doing that? No, that's that's like somebody walking in on you and you like have mind comp in your hands and you're reading it and you're like, Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, what hey. you what you reading there? Uh <laughs> nothing. Uh, <laughs> why why you got that uh, why why are you sharpening that knife? We don't we don't keep knives in this room usually. Oh, I, I see you're dusting off your uh, KGB uniform. Huh. <laughs> well, well, where was that? Oh, up in the attic. I wanted to bring it out. Clean yeah. it. Oh. I'm just going to all the listeners I'm, out there. Oh, sorry. Matt, uh, Matt you can I'm, I'm, I'm just going to note, like, the KGB and the CIA are basically the same thing. So mm-hmm. let's not. If, if you give me a second, I'm going to look up the KGB because I keep hearing this this acronym and I'm not actually sure what it is. It's the Russian Intelligence Service. Okay. Oh, it is, it is the Russian equivalent of the CIA. They're badge, pretty much. Like, their badge has the hammer and sickle on it. it wow. Wait, does it still? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, Matt, what were you saying? <laughs> hey. Communism isn't inherently evil. <laughs> we should, we'll talk about communism one day, and I reveal the fact that I'm actually a communist. Oh, what, what you oh. doing? Oh, I'm just trying on my old Stasi uniform, you know. <laughs> oh. okay. I'd like to bring it back for a moment, I, if we could, okay. to reasons why we should repeal the draft. If it's not, since, since it doesn't seem necessary uh, for any... Uh, plausible event. And this is like the iota of like paranoid conservative that lives in me. Like I'm pretty pretty no firmly Wow. I'm I'm pretty firmly liberal, but I have like this iota of conservative paranoia. Not to say conservatives are inherently paranoid. I think it's healthy actually. But <laughs> I 
I think that the <laughs> you should not, especially in military affairs, give the government more power than it needs. Because I think just about every organization or group will abuse whatever power given to them if they have it long enough. There will come a point where they will abuse it. And I don't think we should leave that door open. I Yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. I also see a problem with that. If if you give them more, if you give a group more power and they try to take it away again, they will use that yeah, power to maintain itself. And I can see that being sort of a government thing that happens. To to be fair, I don't think that they can just like draft people into supporting the draft. <laughs> what, whatever whatever I think about that, Matt, I think about the the whiskey wars, and I remember. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are the whiskey wars? Oh, it's the whiskey rebellion. Whiskey rebellion. Oh, rebellion. Yeah, okay. I, I assumed you were saying that, but okay. that's what I meant. I couldn't remember. The, the okay. The whiskey wars. Yeah. We just kept trying to tax the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, when you Google Whiskey Rebellion, it says Whiskey Rebellion War. That's the, that's just the subtitle. <laughs> yeah, they also call the Emu War a war, so wars <laughs> don't count. Yeah, well, that's like the only know. war that we doesn't should. count. <laughs> I think we should count that because it's hilarious that Australia lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of wars. I think Australia could use a draft I want, there. I want. <laughs> can we can we get like why whiskey rebellion first? They should draft the oh. emus. Oh my god! <laughs> if you can't beat them, make them join you. Shut up! Shut up, Matt. Gareth, what did you say? Maybe I didn't. I want. I want to know why Max brought up the whiskey rebellion. What about the whiskey rebellion? I'm thinking of a different rebellion. What was the What was the rebellion that they didn't really have the means to like stop? Uh, and they brought in, like, the mercenaries. I believe yeah. we call that the, uh, the, the that, what was that, 1776? The one they couldn't stop? No, no, not not that one. Not that one. No. Not, <laughs> that one. <laughs> not that one. The other one we couldn't stop. Bacon's? Oh, uh, no, Bacon's was, like, a century earlier. Uh, was it Shay? It might have been Shay. Uh, yeah. When was Shay? Sorry, I don't. We're, we're getting to the point where my lack of a good memory will really start to show. I don't remember any of these. Time to get my A push. Actually, I think it was... Uh, wait, okay, wait. And then that was when... Because Whiskey's of... Rebellion was the first time, like, Washington came in and just, like, screwed them up. <laughs> yeah, Washington was just like, yeah, no, we're allowed <laughs> to do this because we say so. Oh, can I, uh, what are we going to do about it? We have the guns. That's how government works. <laughs> while, we're, while we're talking about this, I want to bring back Vietnam for a bit, because I think Vietnam, and this also kind of has to do with Matt's paranoia thing, I think Vietnam is a fairly good example of the draft being used for political purposes rather than defense purposes. I can see the draft being used to rouse or destroy support for a certain policy. And I really, um, yeah, really true. don't like the idea of that. Like, Wait, what? Like, like Vietnam was... The draft was being used to support the idea 
of being anti-communist, you could make an argument. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of why we fought Vietnam. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. That's pretty much why we fought Vietnam. There are a lot of reasons why we fought Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam's a whole mess. Anyway, but should the government be able to do that to make people lay down their lives for ideals? I don't. I so don't, wars are. Larson. I mean, that's for ideals. <laughs> that is what wars are to an extent. But you sh- should you really be able to draft just average Joes into dying for your ideals? Really? Should the government have that kind of power? I don't think they should. Mm, well, no. I think I, th- I think I think we all just sort of sat here and accepted, like, consciously, like, no, that's not okay. So we'll just say, yeah, no, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah, one that's, of the, that's one of the reasons I think the draft is not not a good idea. One of the issues winds up being is what if the, what if the situation just has an ideological dimension inherently, but it would otherwise qualify for drafting. Because wars are political. Oh, yes, yes, wars are political, but what kind of situation, we've already talked about this, what kind of situation could come up that would require the draft? So in my mind... Well, not right now, but like like an example of of a legitimate military intervention that was pretty much necessary to secure global security while also having a, a, a distinct ideological bent, World War II. <laughs> Probably one of the least morally ambiguous wars the U.S. <laughs> fought. Yeah. Because the opponents were Nazis. <laughs> they were yeah. killing all the Jews. And the gypsies. Yeah. And, and, and the, the mentally gypsies. handicapped. And, and the gays. Every, and everybody who wasn't <laughs> blonde eyes. <laughs> 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 you know, oh, so nice. you look so beautiful <laughs> with your with your hairy eyes. <laughs> I may have messed that up. Oh, oh, hands. I love your blue hands and eyes. I'm screwed. Then. Okay, let's. I didn't say that. <laughs> Edit that out. Think, think, about, think about Neptune and his hair in a can. <laughs> All right, but. Yeah, you're right. That was definitely a black and white situation where the draft was necessary, but that can't really happen anymore. I think that happened. Anymore. Oh, that that can't happen. Well, I think I think not, I think, I think the Middle East still exists because um, we weren't there. Max, we have a massive military. We could shut yes. anybody down. We don't need a draft for it. I don't think. We could shut down. That's, what, that's my argument. The entire we, world could could point at us right now. And we could shut them all down. I don't think that's true. That's, that's a little... <laughs> Actually, not. it's... Per, uh, uh, maybe. We do handle half the... Like, we do do half the world's military funding. Actually, no, let's Come test it out. That. Yeah, let's test it out. And, and let's, just, let's just keep in mind, like, a lot of those countries don't have very strong militaries because they can rely on us. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. Yeah. But I don't... I want a conquest victory, guys. Okay, so in my mind, this is my utilitarian side coming out. In my mind, right now, under these circumstances, the only situations where the draft could be called in the present day would be for political purposes. I don't like that. That is fair. 
and I think that is reason mm-hmm. enough to suspend the draft. Or, or I, I'm not sure if that is reason to suspend the draft. It is reason to modify the provisions modify. and authorizational protocols of the draft. But to totally repeal it is uh, that's that's sort of uh, that might be a bridge too far. Yeah. If we were to um, shut down the draft, would that take away from the power of the government to um, control certain productions? Because I don't want that to happen. I, I How do you th- mean? I don't know if those are separate. I think for the sake of brevity, because we've been talking for a long time, actually, like we're past an hour already. I and think we haven't added the ten minutes beforehand. Yeah, but I think for the sake of brevity, we should say that we're just going to refer to the draft as putting people in the military. I think military infrastructure is a whole different different discussion and a whole different economic policy, really. I don't know what how the draft affects it right now, actually. And I don't know well, how the draft is being used right now. Yeah, it's not. Or, exactly. how, no, or how it's set up. Or how it's yeah, set up so okay. that if the draft was, if they called the draft, how that would affect production. I don't know. Oh, draft. But one thing I do want to talk about with production is one thing we haven't talked about yet is women in the draft, which we all mentioned in our opening statements, I think. Every single one of us, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we haven't mentioned it. And I think that yeah. just women should be in the draft if there were a draft, because I don't see any difference. Well, there is a draft. Women should be required <laughs> to sign up for selective service. Yeah. yeah. I... Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that yeah, was simple. That that was that was great. We four men deciding what women should do. Yeah. True. <laughs> uh, Let's go decide like more things for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am so for this. Uh, yeah. Uh, great. All right. So, do you guys have any anything else you want to say about the draft? I think we've covered the topic pretty thoroughly. We've kind of beaten it into the ground. With nukes. And aliens. <laughs> I wish we talked more about aliens. We, and no, Vikings. we can't next talk time. about aliens. <laughs> Alright, next kidding. time. Please, please go on. All right, guys, next time. Any, anything else to say? <laughs> anything else? Nukes are bad, and we need more of them. Well, I, I have what? <laughs> no. I have something nukes I want to talk about. Nukes are bad, about. and we need oh, to, we need to oh, better control man. those we have. No, I have something I want to talk about. I want to talk about why Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is inferior to Mario Kart 8. 